Joshua chapter 10. Go ahead, go ahead, Brother Chris. Yeah. Yeah. Come on. Yeah, come on, Chris. I was at home in my bed. Yeah. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Amen. Aren't you thankful for testimonies like that? Amen. Hear me. We, I've, I've heard of testimonies all throughout the week. I know pastors and churches have seen great and mighty things. A couple weeks ago, Brother Floyd Lahan was testifying, and he was at Brother Jensen Franklin's church a few weeks ago. He said he prayed for a grown man and his son, and they spent all week trying to get a hold after the service, get a hold of Pastor Franklin there in Georgia. And he began to just say, he said, listen, he said, what, Brother Lahan, you, you all know how Brother Lahan operates. He didn't really give a prophetic word. He just, just laid his Bible on him, let the Holy Spirit do the work. And what this man began to say is he said, my adult son has autism. And he said he, he can function, but he still has autism. And, and there's, there's some major, uh, if you will, side effects of that. And he said, every since... We got up off that floor. My son has not shown a single sign of autism. Amen. 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 Don't listen. Listen. Testimonies like that, you better get used to. You better get used to. And we're going to talk about it tonight. I know Brother uh, Pastor Kevin Wallace in Chattanooga. He said he had a guy come up to him Sunday morning with a, a stick. He said, I thought he was going to hit me with a stick. And he said, didn't realize the guy said, I came in this morning completely blind, but I'm looking at your face right now. I'm telling you, we're in a great, we're in a great time. We have a great opportunity to see the power and the hand of the Lord move. Amen. Joshua chapter 10, stand for the reading of God's word. We're going to begin in verse 7. Lord, help us tonight. Amen. It says in verse 7, Joshua ascended from Gilgal, he and all the people of war with him, and all the mighty men of valor. Turn to your neighbor and say, that's you. And the Lord said unto Joshua, fear them not, for I have delivered them into thine hand. There shall not be a man of them stand before thee. Joshua therefore came unto them suddenly and he went up from Gilgal all night. Turn to your neighbor and say, all night. And the Lord discomforted them before Israel and slew them with a great slaughter at Gibeon and chased them along the way that goeth to Beth Horon and smote them at Ezekah and Makeda. Sorry. And it came to pass as they fled from Israel before Israel... And there were going down to Beth Horon, 
The Lord cast down great stones from heaven upon them unto Azekah, and they died. And there were more which died with the hailstones than whom the children of Israel slew with the sword. But I want you to notice verse 12 and 13 with me. Then spake Joshua to the Lord in the day when the Lord delivered up the Amorites before the children of Israel. And he said in the sight... In in front of is what, what, he, what they're saying here uh, of Israel. Son, stand thou still upon Gibeon and, the, and thou moon in the valley of Ajalon. And the sun stood still and the moon stayed until the people had avenged themselves upon their enemies. And is not this written in the book of Jeshur? So the sun stood still in the midst of the heaven and hasted not to go down about the whole day. And there was no day like it, like that before it or after it, that the Lord hearkened unto the voice of a man, for the Lord fought for Israel. For the Lord fought for Israel. Real quick, verse 14, there was no day like it before it or after it that the Lord hearkened unto the voice of a man, for the Lord fought for Israel. Let us pray. God, we thank you for your word today. We thank you for the spirit of worship in this house. We thank you for the testimonies that have went forth in this house already. And God, help us deliver the word that you've given to us tonight and deliver it in your anointing and your power and by your Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name we pray. And the church says, Amen. Can I lay a foundation here for a moment? I may sound like a, a, a little bit of a broken record this year, um, but I, I, I just want you to understand the Lord just keeps bringing up Joshua and the children of Israel in the promised land to me. I, don't, I, I know what he knows what he's doing. I don't know why it keeps coming to me, but we see that in this portion of Scripture, Joshua is coming to the aid of a city, a city by the name of Gibeon, which he had made an alliance with. And what had happened is five kings came together and said, we're going to attack, we're going to attack Gibeon because they have allied themselves with Joshua. How many knows you can be attacked because of who you belong to? And the church said, amen. You can be attacked because of who you belong to. But these five kings, they say at the beginning of this chapter, the king of Jerusalem at that time, an Amorite king, stands up and he gathers four other kings and he says, listen, I know what the children of Israel have done to Jericho. I know what they've done to Ai. We've got to stop them now. I'm paraphrasing uh, for, for the sake of time. They said pretty much we have to stand up and we have to strike back because... The children of Israel, the people of God, can I put it to you this way? The church is advancing. We have to counteract, we have to counterattack what they are doing and beginning to do in this land. I'm going to draw a parallel to the church as you can already tell, but I want to draw a parallel to the church in this nation. You see, this nation's founding has been recently met in, in, in recent years with a lot of controversy. A lot of people 
want to say this, or a lot of people want to say that. Here, can I just give you the gist of it? And Cameron, the history teacher, can correct me if I'm wrong. But kings and queens may have wanted to exploit this land for its gold and natural resources. But the peasants on those ships came to this country so they could serve God the way they saw fit. This nation, regardless of what they may try to tell you today, would be nothing if it wasn't for the church. Hear me. We're we're, we're over 250 years old. Uh, Understand that, that we would not exist today as a country, as a nation, if it wasn't for the church, for the Christians. You can see throughout history, time and time again, when the nation got to such depravity that a great awakening would be ushered in by the power of the Holy Spirit and by remnant believers believing that God wanted more for this nation. The first great awakening, the second great awakening, Azusa Street, Topeka, Kansas. We could talk about all these revivals. Pastor's been referencing many of them in recent sermons. Uh, But you cannot tell me that America would not be here without the Christian the believer. But we see that in recent days, not only is our founding being, uh, 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 being disputed or contested, we see that what is happening now, much like what happened to the children of Israel in Genesis and Exodus, the church has been led into a place where we are no longer living in the promises that Christ commissioned his church to possess. We are outcast. We are belittled. Just as Pharaoh did to the Hebrews in Exodus, this world is doing to the church in this nation. And as he set up taskmasters over them, we are experiencing a nation that is coming at the church saying, you're no longer relevant. You're no longer needed. We're too educated for God. We know too much, and I will say this right now, it's in the church. We have intellectualized our way right out of the moving of the Spirit, and then we come in week in and week out and call it church. Hear me tonight, you cannot have breath without the Holy Spirit. You cannot have life without the Holy Spirit. You cannot have deliverance, salvation, anything that we know today in church. We cannot have it without the Holy Spirit. But yet the church has been so belittled, so maligned, so ostracized that we are the children of Israel that have come out of the promised land, stayed too long, living in the world, living in Egypt, if you will. And now, as they say in Exodus chapter one, there there rose a Pharaoh who knew not Joseph. uh, And he says, you know what? How about uh, since these people want to be like us now, let's enslave them. And we have been people, we have been a church, we have been a faith that has lived outside of the promises that Christ commissioned his church to live in. Can you say amen? I believe that's true. We're not living in the promises that Christ has for us because we feel like we don't have victory. We feel defeated. We feel overwhelmed. Am I talking to anybody tonight? There's a lot of stuff going on 
There's a lot of situations represented in this house that I don't know about, nor do I need to know about, but you can cast your cares on Him, uh, trust and believe and have faith uh, and watch God move. But we see uh, that, that, that what I believe happened at the beginning of this year, and I've referenced this throughout the year because I believe it is already almost forgotten uh, what began to happen in college campuses, what began to happen even in this house of worship and houses of worship across this nation there began to be, if, you, if you're following with the text tonight, uh, there began to be an advancing uh, into the promises of God. I preached, uh, I think, a month or two ago about how once they tasted of the manna in the promised land, once they tasted uh, of the fruit in the promised land, rather, they no longer received manna because God was telling them, now that you're in the promised land, you have to move forward. You can't go back. Uh, and I will reemphasize that point here, uh, that church, we have advanced. We've come too far to turn around now. But here is the deal. Here's what we find is these five kings rise up and say, we've had enough of this. Sound like your personal life right now. We've had enough of you having victory in this in 2023. It's almost over. It's now time for the, the darkness to come in because whether you believe it or not, it's a battle between good and evil. It's a battle between right and wrong. It's a battle between light and darkness. And the darkness has come along uh, and the devil's been trying to do his work in your life, uh, trying to sift and, 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 and dis, disdirect your mind and your thoughts and, and try to make you feel like you don't really have victory, that you weren't set free, that you're not saved, that you're not filled, that you're not called, that you don't have an anointing or a call on your life. Understand what the enemy is trying to do uh, is he's trying to convince you uh, that you are, are someone other than who you really are. Uh, but what happens is, in our text, Joshua, when these enemies assemble, instead of seeing it as, oh my gosh, we're about to be overrun. I, I, I don't know what I'm going to do. We have five kingdoms that have risen up against us. That's not what Joshua says. Because in Joshua chapter 1, the Lord already told him, wherever the soles of your feet go, that will be your land. You conquer. You possess. Hear me tonight, church. I'm sick of mammy-pamby Christianity. I'm sick of, oh, look at me. I'm going through it. I want to see some people that'll be like Joshua and say, hey, where's the warriors at? Where's the warriors at? Where's the men and women of God that are willing to fight, that are willing to keep, that are willing to press on, that are willing to go forward, that are willing to push past how they feel, what they may look like, what the situations may look like, and say, let's go, let's move forward. Joshua got the men of God together. He said, we're going to fight because what the enemy made, made thought what they were doing is they were surrounding his ally. They were showing how big and how mighty they were. But Joshua said, you know what? The enemy has assembled himself so I see an opportunity to eliminate the enemy altogether. I don't have to wait and pick them off one by one. And some of you have this, you have, you have depression coming at you. You 
have fear and, and anxiety coming at you. You've got bills that need paid. You got trouble in your marriage. You got trouble in relationships with your children. You got trouble here. You got trouble there. Instead of being overwhelmed, get up by the unction and of the power of the Holy Spirit and you say, you know what, devil? I'm glad that depression is here. I'm glad that anxiety's here. I'm glad that my marriage may seem like a mess. You say, what are you saying? Why? Because I'm about to deal with you. I'm about to have my way with you. I'm about to show you true victory. I'm about to show you true power. I'm about to show you who I am, who I belong to. Am I preaching to anybody in the house tonight but myself? Hear me. It's time for us to get up, pull our britches up, and say, I'm not taking this anymore from you, devil. I refuse. I will not back up. I will not shut up. I will not put up. But I will overtake you. Joshua, he got motivated when he saw the enemy come at him. Okay, because Joshua's a fighter. He's a warrior. You, you, you know, he, he had a relationship with the Lord, but it wasn't exactly like Moses's was. Moses was the man up on the mountain. Moses was the man doing this, doing that. But Joshua was the one in the valley swinging the sword. He's saying, all I know is battle. All I know is how to fight. All I know is how to go forward. Church, we've got to learn to stop looking back. We've got to learn how to not put it in reverse. We need to stop regressing and we need to start progressing and going after the things that God has promised the believer and promised his church. So we took steps forward. The enemy fought back. Joshua said, all right, you've just assembled yourselves to be destroyed together. Some of you are still, still hung up about saying glad that depression and anxiety is here. Listen, we got to learn to deal with this stuff. Hear me. Hear, can, can I just be very honest with you? I, I'm, I'm just going to tell you something I've learned in my life. There ain't no preacher going to preach it out of me. Hear me. Ain't no worship team going to pull it out of me. You, you, you want to know what brings you victory? It's not someone exactly laying hands on you. What brings victory is when you know how to get a hold of God yourself. And you go into the prayer closet and say, you know what? I know my money's a mess. I don't know where the money's gonna come. But God, here's what I do know. You were faithful then. You'll be faithful now. Here's what I know. Go into that prayer closet and say, God, I don't need a preacher to, to pray over me in seven different tongues. I don't need a prophetic word because I already have a word. And your word says I'm an overcomer by your blood and by the word of my testimony. Church, we got to learn how to fight. And you got to learn to fight for yourself. Joshua gets the people up and they go. They go. And they have a ways to go. Gibeon's surrounded. Messengers come to him. Verse 6, say, we need your help. You're an ally. We need you. We need you. He gets the mighty man. He starts to go. He sees an opportunity. And the Bible says that how he gets there and how he surprises the enemy is he marches his men all night long. All night long. Why is that significant? Because hear me, my Bible tells me in Psalm chapter 30 that weeping may endure for a 
night. But joy comes in the morning. You know what the Lord began to speak to me on that, Sister Brandy? He says, you know why joy comes in the morning? He said, because the devil may have been working at night. But when the morning comes and the light comes, he says, joy comes in the morning. Why? He said, because it's now your turn. It's your turn to work. The enemy surrounded Gibeon. They were positioning themselves all night long, prepping for battle, prepping for battle. But you know what happened in the middle of that darkness? Not only was the enemy working, but Joshua said, men, we're going to march all night long. We're going to position ourselves because there is a day that is about to dawn and we're about to make our move. The enemy thinks he's about to make his move in this nation. The enemy thinks he's about to make his move in your life. The enemy thinks he's going to make his move in Connorsville. But hear me, there is a day that is dawning in this city. There is a day that is dawning in this church. And what is happening is we have been positioning ourselves through the fight, through the struggle. We have positioned ourselves for victory. Marches them all night long, all night long. Gets them right where he wants them. He surprises them. And the Bible says that the Lord discomforted the Amorites. They begin to flee. They begin to fall back. They begin to fall back. They get to this mountain at Beth Haran. And they're trying to ascend. They're trying to get up. They're trying to, and the Lord brings hailstones down large enough to kill people. And he backs the enemy back, 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 towards, uh, back towards Joshua. And what happens is the day is dwindling. Hear me tonight. This is where I want to preach. I did all that to get here. And I ain't going to be here long. I'm almost done. I promise you. But he gets them to this place. The, the sun's going down. And in that time, it was nearly impossible to fight at night. They didn't have the technology that we have today, obviously. And they couldn't fight by torchlight. And the enemies were going to get away. So here's what happens. Something just begins to transition in Joshua's life. Just something begins to minister. I don't know what it was. I believe the Lord just began to unction him. Ask me for something crazy. Have faith. Believe. Believe. It's not over yet. You can, you can see every enemy, every adversary, every ailment, every sickness. Uh, hear me tonight. You can see it fall. Uh, you can see it fall down. You can see it be conquered. Uh, and Joshua in front of the entire congregation, uh, he says, sun, be still. Uh, and moon, hide in the valley. Why did he say that? Uh, because the Bible tells us uh, that there was no day like this day. Uh, there was no day like this day. Uh, but it says in verse 13 uh, that he says, moon, uh, sun stand still and the moon stayed until the people avenged themselves upon their enemies. What does that have to do with anything? Listen, depression's been having its way in your life. Anxiety's been having its way in your life. Bad relationships. The devil's just trying to come in and hinder things and mess things up. Your money's got trouble. Everything's got trouble. It seems tumultuous around you. You don't know what's going on. 
on. You don't, you don't really understand what's happening. But God said, just ask me. Son, be still. God, I just need a little more light. I got a little more fight in me. Don't go down just yet because I want to see this thing destroyed. I want to see this thing eliminated off my family, off my children, off my mind, off my life, off my marriage, off my money, whatever it is. He said, son, stand still. Why? Because all these things have been having its way in your life. But this is why he said, son, be still. So he could have his way with his enemy. He said, I want vengeance for what you did to my children. I want vengeance for what you've done to my mind. I want vengeance for what you've been doing in my stuff. You've been messing with my children. You've been messing with my finances. You've been messing with my mind. I will avenge myself through the power of Almighty God. He said, son, be still. You said, why is that significant? Jesus said it this way. I must work the works of him that sent me while it is day. While it is day. Because the night cometh where no man can work. He's talking about they're, they're, they're in the last days. He's saying, listen, they're, they're the work that I'm doing, the work that I'm doing, I'm doing it in the day. But there is a time that the night is coming. This church is going to be raptured out. But I'll tell you what, as much as I pray for Jesus to come, at the same time, can I say, God, let the sun be still. Just give me a little more daylight. Why? Because there's souls out there that need to be saved. There's strongholds that need to come down. There's cities that need to be transformed. There's a nation that needs revival. Oh God, I want you to come. Oh, but give me just a little more daylight. I just need a little more time. Why? Because I want to see revival. I want to see victory. I want to see the church be who God has called it to be. Can I just have a little more daylight? Come to the music, please. Church, it's time for us to put on the whole armor of God and fight. The psalmist said it best in Psalm 144. Blessed be the Lord my strength, which teacheth my hands to war and my fingers to fight. We've got to fight. Joshua said, give me the day. Why? Because I want to fight a little more. I'm not done here. It doesn't matter what's been vexing your family, been vexing your life, what's been dealing, bombarding your mind. I'm going to give you one simple truth that was true as the day it was written as it is today, that every knee will bow. Every tongue will confess. Because the Lord has given him a name above every name. Stand with me tonight. Daylight exposes what the darkness tries to hide.
telling you, I believe the words of Jesus there in John 9. He said, hey, it's still day, but night is coming. Night is coming. This world has no idea what they're in for. As I said, Pastor, I want the Lord to come back. I really do. I really do. I'd love to be right here. More stuff. I think it'd be really cool to see what it's like to get back. I want that. I know it sounds contradicting, but God, I've got some lost family and I just need a little more daylight. I feel that. You know what Connorsville needs? They need a church to say, God, give us a little more daylight. They don't need the right mayor. They don't need the the right city council. They don't need the right school board. I, I, I believe that we, we should vote and participate in all those things. But what they need is a church with the right mindset. Saying, I'm sold out. I'm blood-balled. I'm filled. And I'm ready to live in the promises that Christ commissioned me to live in. Maybe here tonight, may feel like well I'll just be honest with you feel like I did earlier today a lot going on life at work church got a busy month coming up got a busy month at work trying to get into our house a lot going on you all know how it is when you're trying to get something done it usually don't happen the right way or find another problem your issues got issues, you know what I mean? Your problems got problems. And big brothers that are also big problems. I was in my truck. And, I, and the Lord knew, I, and the Lord had given me this message. And all day just fought, just fought. Didn't get to do some of the things I wanted to do getting accomplished things I wanted to get accomplished you know I'm human y'all yeah just begin to you start to feel it come in man I was like you know what come on I gotta practice what I preach I'm glad you're here doubt I'm glad you're here I'm glad you're here because I'm about to deal with you right now on my truck. We're about to have a powwow. And I said, I bind you. I bind you not only in my life, but I bind you in my family's life. I bind you. I bind you anywhere you want to sit. In this city, in this church. doesn't matter. I bind you anywhere you want to be. I bind you. church, I, I said it Sunday and I'm going to say it again. The devil has worked his night shift for quite some time. There's been this big lull. I know we all go, the kids went back to school and 
work ramps up and a lot of things going on. Holidays going to be here before you know it. Can I just challenge you? Don't lose focus. Don't lose focus. We got a lot of church coming up, but you be here. If you can make it, be here. Because I believe we're going to see healing. I believe we're going to see deliverance. And I believe we're going to hear testimony after testimony of, look what the Lord has done. You sing that, remember that? Look what the Lord has done. He healed my body. He touched my mind. He made me just in time. He healed me just in time. I don't know. But I'm going to praise His name. His name is just the same. Come on and praise Him. Look what the Lord has done. That's what we're going to be singing. That's what we're going to be singing. Get ready. Get ready. Joshua didn't think twice. He said, okay, the enemy's here. Boys, let's go. He didn't doubt. And the Lord said, fear them not. For I'm about to deliver them into your hands. The same promise, the same God that gave Joshua that promise is the same God that you serve. And He's the same God that told Joshua, wherever your foot trots. Some of y'all just need to start walking around your house. You hear me? And say, wherever my foot trots, God, it's yours. It's yours. It's not mine. It's yours. In Jesus' name. So can I ask you two things? If you're here and you're ready to go to war, you're ready to say, hey, I want to be with you. I want to be a mighty man or woman of God. I want to be a mighty man or woman of valor. I want you to come to these altars and find yourself a place to pray. But if you're here tonight and you say, I'm struggling, I'm reeling, I don't know how to deal with what I'm going through, I'm here to pray for you tonight. Pastor's here to pray for you tonight. So if you're one of those two, I ask you if if you need special prayer to stand, but if you're ready to go to war, you come and you pray. These altars are open. Come. Thanks for watching. I hope this message blessed you. And if you could, please check the description below for all of our links to our social medias. Um, And as always, check our page. You'll see all of our previous messages there. Uh, I hope this message again blessed you and uh, reached you where you're at. And thanks for watching. See you soon.